big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big one welcome to you. My name's Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And I'm so excited about this episode because it's something that I so often say to parents. I so often, parents will often say to me, but have I left it too late? It's too late. And the child is maybe two or something. They say, no, it's too late. And I say, and I always give the example of you, Lael. And as you know, ever since you told me the story many, many years ago, well, ever since I've known you, in fact, I always give the example of you that you started Aware Parenting when your lovely son was seven and a half mm. and he's the most amazing young man and your relationship is exquisite and I remember the stories you've shared over the years and they're so divine and so I always love to give that example and every single time it's like the magic like the magic (laughs) wand of just that relief that parents feel so I I really appreciate that you're going to share about this today so I think it can be so reassuring for all parents I mean even if you'd start early on but just to know that we have plenty of time plenty of time Mm, so totally And even if your child's a teenager and you start listening compassionately or connecting in different ways, even then it's still not too late. Uh, Yeah, I I, I mean, I absolutely do stand for that, that it's never too late. And trusting, trusting timing, trusting that I came to this at the time I did. And for anyone who has obviously listened to our podcast, you know, I, I came to Aware Parenting purely because, you know, my, my third child had some really full-on birth trauma and so did I. And I, I came really with the motivation of how do I help her heal this? Like I know something bad's happened and what's this going to mean? So I only came to it because I was like, you know, there's, there's something really big here that I want to assist or or help. And then once I, I read The Aware Baby and kind of like this massive aha where I looked at my two older kids and went, oh, my God, this applies to you as well and and look what I've been just muddling my way through and now now we're going to begin now we're going to begin you know and I I so clearly remember when I read the book and then I sat my husband down and I said okay this makes a lot of sense to me it's such a yes in my body and my being about not shutting them down and listening to their feelings and using play and all that kind of stuff so do you want to give it a go and he's like okay like he really trusted me but he was really like all right let let's see and and really we just started just listening to our our baby at first listening to her tears and and then that started actually to give me the confidence to move towards listening to my older kids as well but it's something as you say to a lot of um, clients may say I've left it too late and I also hear that a lot as well and I'm like oh it is never too late and the first thing I would love to to speak to is just trusting that you come to it when the time is right because when I had my son you know 22 years ago I would probably have not been ready to to hear this information or to be able to deal with it you know just in my Um, I was just young, I was very unsupported, I was just, you know, surviving and struggling. And I don't think even if I had have come across Aletha Salter's work or anybody, I would have had the spaciousness or the readiness to lean into it because I was there was still so much of my own processing and work that I wasn't ready to do. So, I mean, I look back now and just think the timing was absolutely perfect. 
you know, and even the, the challenging and tricky birth experience I had with my third child was absolutely perfect. It led me on to doing my life's work. It helped me understand trauma. It, you know, it just brought so much richness in my life from that experience. So I have such a belief in trusting timing and trusting how life often turns up. And so to start with, I just often say to parents, let's just trust right from the beginning that you're getting this information now or you've listened to our podcast or you've read a book or someone's telling you about it and now is the time that perhaps you have the capability to lean in or to to listen or to experience it so let's just firstly start there that you know perhaps it wasn't the right timing before and would you say that you see that with with your clients Marion that when they come to it there is something about it's the right time for them I don't know if I could really tell that but I just I hold that like you do I think that's something that we hold so dearly is is a deep trust in in humans a deep trust in each person's journey and a deep trust in how things unfold and that um yeah that in terms of timing that's always it's always how how it is and there's you know there's never any there's never any wrongness in that even if we Mm. would ideally like it to be different but to, Mm. to put that deep unconditional trust in the process and how it shows up for each family Mm. And I would say probably the first, one of the first key pieces in coming to Aware Parenting when I did is that I had to move into a lot of forgiveness for myself and compassion for myself. Because as I began to listen to my baby's feelings and then as I kind of looked at my two older kids and went, whoa, I've kind of, I've done a lot of shutting you down. Now with my my older two kids, you know, I would I would call myself an attachment parent. You know, I I co-slept and I breastfed them and I carried them on my body everywhere. And I was very gentle and kind. Like I didn't, you know, I I, I wasn't really punitive with them, but I was a very permissive parent. I didn't know how to set any limits. I didn't know how to deal with big feelings. So I spent most of my mothering journey trying to keep them happy all the time. And I saw whenever I say that, I just go, it was so exhausting. It was so exhausting. I was, I had this whole, if if I can keep them happy, then that means I'm a good mom and then I'm okay. That was the story. And I'm sure many people relate to that. You know, that was my imprint that was around a good mother is one where your children are happy. And um, if they're not, then you're failing. So I worked very hard to try and keep them happy. But of course they weren't happy all the time because had a whole lot of feelings that they weren't expressing at all. And so how that played out is often there was lots of kind of fighting with my older two kids, like the siblings would fight a lot. There was often a lot of unspoken anger between my husband and I. Uh, There was me who did not have any, um, you know, self-care or took time for myself because, again, I was really in that martyr archetype of I've got to make it all okay and it's got to be fine and yet I was exhausted and resentful and just all of that stuff that we talk about a lot was just playing out. And so when I finally understood Aware Parenting and came to it, one of the biggest pieces was to sit in a place where I went, whoa, I have been doing the best job I've known how. And I had to work through lots and lots of layers of forgiveness and compassion for myself around doing the best I could at the time. And I I do remember, I mean, that theme came up for me too when I had my son, you know, I was 
very young, no idea about birth. I ended up having a really interventionist birth. You know, the full smorgasbord um, felt very disconnected from him when he was born, really, you know, really challenging entry into motherhood. And then when I had my second child, I had this beautiful, amazing, empowering water birth at home and fell in love with my daughter straight away. And the feelings that came up even back then around I didn't feel this way about my son. And I didn't fall in love with him straight away. And um, we didn't have this gentle, you know, connection and entry and bonding. And so I had to firstly work through a whole lot of feelings around that, the grief, the grief, you know. And, and one of the things that you have taught me so much, Marion, um, when we talk about guilt, you know, it was you who absolutely reframed for me around the guilt that it's that it really is is more of a mourning or a grief around how you wished it had have been. I mean, when when I first heard you talk about that, I was like, oh my God, that is it. That feels so much better than the guilt of I've messed up or I've done it wrong. And when I could move into the mourning and the the sadness and the grief around how it it wasn't for, for Kai, then gosh, it shifted so much. So that was my first little piece into that um compassion for myself that that just turned up in birth with my second child but then by the time I had my third and then I discovered aware parenting and and listening to feelings and play and all that kind of stuff another wave came up of oh god what have I what didn't I do with my older two kids and and I think the first really important piece was to move into deep compassion for myself and and when I looked back and thought you were doing the best you could and you didn't really have any role models or guides there to show you how to do it. You didn't really have a community. I think because I was young when I had my first child, I didn't have friends my own kind of age that I felt connected to. Uh, it really was my husband and I felt like we were just making it up because we went along. I did, I'm not a researcher, so I didn't read books. And, and now this is going to make me so old. The internet wasn't really around, so you could watch videos and Google and YouTube stuff. It really was just kind of finding your way through. And so when I first started to move into deep compassion for myself around that I did the best job I knew how, that's when I found that the healing that perhaps needed to happen between my older son and my and my middle daughter could happen because I opened up the space of compassion and forgiveness for myself and of healing. And so for anyone who's listening and thinking, oh, God, I, I did this or I did that and it wasn't okay, I really invite you to put your hands on your heart and take a deep breath and, and just honour that you were doing the best that you could. And that it is never too late for healing. And that as of today, right now, when we open up the possibility of wanting to heal and wanting to um, move forward in a different way, well, it is possible. It exists. Mm, I'd love to interject very briefly here to say, and to me, this is relevant for everyone. Like whatever age we start practicing aware parenting or whatever it is, is that because for me, the whole point of um, aiming to be more and more conscious as a parent and doing our own inner processing and learning all the time is that we're always going to know more, have more capacity as time goes on, um, be able to do things that we couldn't do earlier on, all of those things. That is inevitable on the journey of 
parenthood um, if we're aiming to 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 increase our consciousness and capacity so it's essential i think for all parents then to to really um there's feather hello feather um to to put that guilt stick down and to which is a just another form of judgment and punishment which is you know again it's this is about aware parenting ourselves and instead of the judgment the punishment of ourselves actually exactly as you said having deep compassion for ourselves and listening to the sadness or grief just as we will listen aim to listen to our child's feelings so i always love that parallel process of um again for our children our children are always going to be learning we're always going to be learning we can aim to yeah, stop the judgment or reduce it and just be deeply compassionate with the normal natural feelings of development that we yes. not of development that we have around just yeah becoming more yes totally and so and i actually just have one more yeah, thing we're not going to say to our child who's maybe five when you were two you couldn't really you couldn't I don't know, whatever they can do at five, like you couldn't really um, tie your around. shoelaces. You couldn't, ride a, you couldn't ride a bike. So that was terrible. You were a terrible two-year-old. I mean, it's just, it's just this, the sameness as we, yes. as we see the ridiculousness or not ridiculousness, but you know, you get it. Carry on. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> I love that analogy. It's so true. Yeah. We would never say to our child as they've grown and developed, oh, when you were three, you were not good enough. <laughs> they were just perfectly three. And when you're a young parent, a parent starting off, you know, nobody knows what they're doing when you when you first have a baby. It is such a big thing, right? It is such a big like, whoa, you know, we can read books and we can prepare, but then there is this whole other just entry into parenthood that that you you just have to live through, that you just have to navigate and and lean in. And so nobody really starts off parenting, you know, yeah, right, I've got it all completely sorted because we are learning and growing and shifting and a whole new role is happening. And, you know, some may do it with a lot more ease than others, but, yeah, it's. It, it, I love what you said there with that analogy. We would never berate our children for not doing it better at a certain age, and it's the same with us. So that's, that's a beautiful one. I like that. And, and you know what's interesting is when I first started Aware Parenting, and, and this might be nice for people to hear too if you're new to it, is that I could only do what I could do, right, compared to what I do now. And, again, I look back with such compassion for myself when I first started that it made sense to me that my beautiful baby who I could see in front of me had trauma. We'd had a pretty full-on birth experience. You know, she'd been in a coma for the first few days of her life. She'd been in, in the NICU, lots of beeping machines, separation. I didn't breastfeed her till she was like seven days old. Like all the stuff that we know is really important for attachment we didn't have. And so the the result of that was a very stressed baby. So she would look wired all the time. She would suck ferociously, you know, her, she would be very stiff in her joints. There was nothing relaxed and stuff about her. And she would also make this thing with her fingers, constantly moving her fingers. So, you know, I, I knew that that was a sign of, you know, a, a pretty stressed baby. So it made sense to me when I read the wear baby to be like, okay, let's make sure that her needs are met. And then I'd take her into to our bedroom and I'd lay her on my lap and I'd be like, okay, I'm listening, darling, if there's anything you want to tell me. And she would start crying. And so in the beginning, I could only listen for like 10 minutes, right? And then sometimes I would cry and then I'd have to feed her. And then as I began to, you know, build up my expansiveness with it, it would be a little bit longer and then a little bit longer. And then I would see that 
beautiful relaxation in her body. And then I would see her sleeping better and began to see a lot of the tension dissolve. And so the evidence began to be, be very clear for me um, with my baby that, that this was pretty profound and incredible. And I would have those beautiful experiences of sometimes crying myself, of just really listening to her. And I would say to her, tell me more, what else? Like she was telling me a story as she would cry and, and it was interesting having had two older kids and two older babies. It dawned on me in the beginning when I started doing it, this was like the greatest intimacy you can have with your baby. I mean, I loved breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is amazing, right? And that skin on skin and beautiful gorgeousness. But there was something so profound about holding a space for their tears and looking in their eyes and listening to them and loving on them. I was like, oh, this is what connection and intimacy, another style of it feels like. It was just profound. So in the beginning, we had to do it slowly and um, we did bits and pieces and my husband, you know, he was up for it. So he would do it as well. And then we'd talk about what it felt like. And, and I just slowly began to see more and more evidence that it felt okay. And then, so then I turned to my other two kids who were seven and a half and four at the time and realized that, you know, I hadn't really set many limits with them and we hadn't really listened to their feelings. I had always just tried to fix whatever was going on to make it all okay. So in the beginning, when I started to set some limits and actually didn't try to fix, it was so bizarre because I think back now, they would stop and they would look at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is where you usually fix everything. This is where you usually give me everything I want. Like there was this real like confusion <laughs> went on for a little bit because they were like, hang on, this isn't what we normally do. And I remember the first time I really held that space for my son. Oh, my God, he had the biggest meltdown, yelling, throwing things. And I was like, okay, this is big, but we can do it. And it and it's, and it's again, then he, he did exactly kind of what we talk about. He then found his way back into that beautiful centre and, and then he was quite snuggly and connected and it felt um, and it felt good. So we began to see, yep, okay, there was more evidence there that this, this is how it could be. So I think the thing is that, it slowly was about um, was about patience. It was about um, listening. It was about trusting. It was about looking for the evidence. And so, in the beginning, compared to perhaps what I would do now of of holding space and listening, it um, it it wasn't what I would be capable of now. But it was enough just to start with to see changes to to help me also understand that I had big feelings and emotions that were sitting there and that um, I began to realise early on, wow, if I'm holding space for my children, then I really need to have that space held for me. And that's when I kind of, you know, asked one of my friends to be my listening partner. And then and then even as we developed a bit more, that's when I reached out to you, Marion, because I was like, what's, what's this mean now? You know, my baby won't cry now and she keeps avoiding her feelings. And what do I do now and and it it was then that I also began to say wow I really need to do the work on myself in order to be able to do this for my children so it became just such a beautiful work in progress uh each time I would listen to feelings I would congratulate myself I'd be like good job that was hard but well done because it was so foreign and it was so different and I was increasing my capacity to be with what was uncomfortable um, I kept absolutely looking for the evidence. How are my children after? And and the biggest things I began to see is that when I started to really do it, that there, st- there was less fighting with my kids, there wasn't yelling, and that both my husband and I would be able to meet our kids where they were at, really look behind what was going on and, and lean into that instead of trying to control it. 
So the evidence in the beginning was huge just to keep watching and seeing. And in the beginning, absolutely, I needed others to talk to to go, is this normal? Does that feel right? All, all those kind of things. So then what I also discovered when uh, we started doing this was that there was a big backlog of feelings that were sitting there for my for my older two kids. And really for the first year or two, I, I realized that my full-time job was really just holding space for a lot of their feelings. And so I was still at home with the baby. I was doing tiny little bits of birth work, but I, I it dawned on me that if I'm going to do this, I need to really take care of myself so I can really be available to listen to them. And I did see that there was a lot of pent up feelings that were there for my older kids that hadn't been able to be expressed. And it was interesting watching what would come out and when. So as I kept just every day going, right, my job is to meet you, to hold space, to see what's coming out. The more energetic permission I gave them to release what was there, the more they brought to the situation. So it felt pretty big in the beginning that there was a lot of feelings that had to come out. But then I kept looking for the evidence and I kept seeing things moving and I kept seeing more gentleness with them as siblings and I kept seeing more um, cooperation and I, I kept seeing all the things that we talk about started to move and shift. So, you know, I could see that it was it was okay. But I also, um, I also just really, I really began to move into I am going to trust that whatever needs to be moved and whatever is still sitting there will come out when the time is right. And that was another big piece that I had to just get clear of to not, you know, I could see where there was issues, but I, it was not up to me to force it in my kids, but to actually trust their timing when the time was right for those feelings to come out. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I was wondering in terms of parents who may, I'm sure there are many parents right now nodding along and um, perhaps just beginning or having begun more recently, were there, there things that you remember like noticing or watching out for that would be signs where perhaps in the past you would before where parenting you would have responded differently and this time you were like, ah, oh, okay, this time I, I can do this instead to support the expression of feelings. Are there things that you can remember that, that I think specific I, things? I think I began to realise that how that play was probably one of the biggest things that I could use then to to see when my kids did feel stuck. So in the beginning, even though I started to then give them permission to express how they're feeling, there was still a bit of a barrier there. Like they, you know, my older two were very much just like, I don't know if we trust this and I don't know if we really want to feel this. Like we've been really used to suppressing these feelings here. So why would I want to bring them out now? So in the beginning I needed to, to do a bit of play to, and I also, I continue to do the play, but I really often, I saw that as a beautiful tool to make it safe enough for the thing, for the feelings to come out. And, and I also, I think I look back now, sometimes I could see there was feelings and I'd try and lean in and, and help them to move it, but they just weren't willing to. And there was this kind of, there was a bit of a part of me that's like, no, you've got feelings. We need to move this. And I, and I would kind of almost like want to push it. And, and, and a few times I tried to, and it just didn't work <laughs> at all. And then I also began to realize, nah, this is on their timing. So keep creating enough spaciousness and enough connection 
for them to come when it's ready for them. So in the beginning, I think I wanted, I was like, right, we have to get all the feelings out and we'll do all the play and we'll do all of that. And then I actually went, no, like, just go slowly, be gentle. You know, if we look at my son, there's like seven and a half years of, of backlog of stuff here. It's not all going to come out in the next three weeks, right? We need to keep building that trust and keep having opportunities where some of those edges may pop up and, and, and really, I guess what I began to see is my job is just to be attuned and watch and to just observe and see where there are elements. And can I bring some playfulness to that? Can I bring some connection to that? Can I bring just a limit to that? What can I do to help then it feel safe enough for them to bring it when the time is right? So there was a lot of observing, a lot of observing, a lot of reflecting, a lot of chatting to my listening partner about it a lot because she also started where parenting um, she had a third baby um, and she started with her third baby so her middle child was was about three and a half and her older one was also seven as well um, he had a disability so it was a little bit different but we both were kind of like oh okay it's like we started at the same time with our older kids so we would often compare notes and what did you see and what are you feeling here and all those kind of things and that was just so beneficial in being able to to navigate it and I think you know the things that I've witnessed over the years and and even with my youngest child where I did aware parenting right from the beginning the trusting of the timing when they were ready to release stuff was was so vital to trust so because my daughter did have that really challenging birth experience I remember when she was about two and a half you know, she got really sick and everybody had gone out and she was at home and she was vomiting and I was laying with her on the couch and all of a sudden she starts pretending like she's trying to pull something out of her throat and she's like, get it out, get the thing out. And I'm just like, what is this? There was nothing in her mouth. And she kept crying and kept saying it. And then I had this like, oh, man, that was she was intubated, right? She had a, a tube down her throat to, to help her breathe for the first five days of her life. And all of a sudden there she is at two and a half crying and she's and she was vomiting right so there was this this action happening as she's vomiting and she's saying get it out get it out and I'm like ah this is this is this right to me it just I knew I was like this is what this is and and, you know we often talk about we don't have to know what it is that our children are crying releasing about but there's been so many times where I've been like ah this is this (laughs) this is this moment this is when that happened this is when this happened you know and so it it really was profound and it has been profound over all the years of doing this to watch when things come up when the time is right and you know as we just as I just kept sitting in a place and my husband as well where we just went okay we are going to make ourselves as spacious and available as possible for whatever you need to speak or release or move we are here and we are listening and our priority here is to keep creating that safety for you so it can move when the time is right. And, and, then that, and then we got out of the way and allowed it to happen. And there's just been so many things over all the years, even in their teenage years, where stuff has come up and they'll all of a sudden start talking about a story from when they were younger or when something happened and they'll have feelings around it and they'll talk about it and they'll cry about it. That I go, ah, here it is, like 10 years later <laughs> five years later or whenever. And I think that's, a, that's been one of the most profound lessons of parenting for me is just to trust the timing and to keep creating the space as a parent for it to move when the time is right. And again, that's relevant for, for anyone who's coming at any age to, to 
aware parenting, isn't it? And that that includes us as adults. So really trusting our timing that most of us didn't start this process of healing, of reconnecting with our feelings again and healing from past hurts and that you know, we can trust our own timing as well. Yes, yes. And, you know, some of the most profound moments, particularly with my son, have been, you know, when we when I really started with aware parenting and in that journey of having many conversations with him, you know, as he was older or being with him in moments and saying to him, sweetheart, I am so sorry if I wasn't able to turn up for you in the way you needed when you were little. Oh, this makes me teary now. <laughs> and he would just listen and he would nod and there was this in being able to just say, you know, I was doing the best I can and I always loved you. And I trust that this journey has been the way it is and we will heal whatever we need to. You know, as a 10 or 11-year-old, he would sit and listen and we would cuddle and and it was, and I would be like, you can let me know however you feel about that or if anything ever comes, I'm here and I'm listening and and I can hold that for you. And, and the same with my daughter as well. And that is equally as profound, you know, the forgiveness for myself, the the being able to sit with however that may felt for them and even have conversations about it has been so deeply profound because it's just, it's created possibilities for healing. And you know what? Like there may be more stuff there. Of course, there's still be maybe stuff there, right? And even when they become parents, there, there might be other elements there. But I also trust that they will have the tools and the skills to work through it, to navigate it, to find their way through. And the wonderful thing is that can be the same for us as adults. Like if I, I've worked with many people over the years who've when they've done and, and also the, the Marian method work and the inner loving mother, for example, maybe connecting in with what they want to hear and then actually asking or finding then their mother ends up saying those things to them or actually asking their own mum if, if she's still around. Would you be willing to listen to these feelings and would you be willing to say these things to me? And, you know, it's really never too late. My mum is 90 <laughs> and, and just recently she's been, uh, I've been telling her about the in loving mother and, and um, she, so she, and one of the, the phrases I like to hear is I'm right here with you so, so all the time now she's, she keeps saying to me I'm right here with you right here. it's really it, healing is yes. has its own timing and, and yes. I love the conversations we've had over the years Lel, about this to that deep 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 trust that which is painful at times because we want mm. it to happen sooner mm. but to actually understand that sometimes just all what nearly always actually other things need to fall into place you yes. know there's a certain kind of systemic understanding that that things need to happen in a particular way or a particular time or something else needs to happen over there in order for that to shift and yes. just to keep on doing what we can do keep on being willing to doing our own inner listening getting support all of the things and that's you know that's and our willingness that's all yeah. we can do and that to trust that this isn't really where parenting, but you know, trust that life's got us and that there yes. is something deeper unfolding for everyone. And it is, mm. there is a rightness to it, even if it's not the way we would really most like it to be just that mm. deep, deep trust. It just transforms everything, doesn't it? It so does. And it's, uh, you know, we, we talk about this all the time about doing our own work. You know, one of the things I think when I reflect back on my journey of mothering is that um, yes, I kept creating spaces for my kids to, to heal and bring whatever was stuck for them or whatever they'd held on to. But even more powerful than that was my willingness to lean into 
my pain, my hurt, my expectations or my control around who they should be. The more work I've done on myself, the more space has been created for them to be who they need to be. So even if you are a parent and you feel like you're coming to this later and you feel like things have been messed up and there's all those kind of things, yes, all the beautiful tools we have here, listening to feelings, connection, play, all that gorgeous stuff that we talk about, one of the greatest gifts is just to lean into your own stories, to do your work. And for me, my intention was always this with my kids. I want them to be so deeply connected to who they are that that's where they live their life from. And I want them to know that I deeply love and accept all parts of them, that they are enough. So that was my intention. And so that influenced everything we were doing, right, which is listening to the feelings and connection and even when we messed up and needing to repair or even if I got angry or whatever it was, because there's been plenty of stuff over the years that I keep coming back to that place and that space so they are free to be who they need to be. And what is magnificent in having adult children now is watching that deep connection that they have to themselves of walking their own path, of their willingness to share all about their lives, to want to hang out with you, to, you know, celebrate you, to be able to sit, you know, and just chat for hours about feelings and all sorts of stuff because there's, there's just this beautiful connection there. It is this incredible richness. And my husband and I say this all the time, the best thing we ever did was learn to listen to their feelings and to do our own work and to own our stories because then it is, a, it is not a burden that they then carry. You know, they're not carrying our stories. They're not carrying, and they will still probably carry some parts of us because, you know, we've, we've all got, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're, we're all working through who we are and lifetimes of generational stuff and all those things. But ultimately the less baggage they have to carry that's, that's ours that we're not placing on their shoulders then the freer they are to be who they need to be. And that's what's extraordinary. And, you know, I had... Um, my beautiful son has started working at, at my school and I was talking to him last week about, um, you know, we have all these policies because at schools you have policies and we have a behaviour management policy, which sounds very official, but really it's about how we navigate behaviours. And I was saying to him, hey, I just want to talk you through what we do and here's this and here's that. And he's sitting there listening it, <laughs> listening to me with this like, curiosity and I'm like, we don't use any punitive discipline and we always look behind the behaviour and we'll use this and we'll use that and da-da-da-da. And he's looking at me and he's like, well, what else would you do? Like it was so like, of course. And then he's like, of course that's the way I respond to children, mum. You know, and he, he works with kids that have disabilities and he's like, that is the only way to respond to them, to, to meet them, to to be patient, to see who they really are. He's like, that's what I do. That's why I work with kids. I can see who they really are. And I just kind of sat there and thought, oh, my God, you don't need to learn this. You are this. <laughs> you, are, you know this in yourselves. You know what it feels like to be listened to, to be treated with respect, to, to stay tuned to yourself. So, of course, you're going to do that with the, with the children that you work with. And it's moments like those where I just go, oh, this is the most profound thing I've ever done as a parent. And I hope that that gives other parents who are listening now some comfort in knowing no matter when we come to this, 
every day we have the opportunity for healing. Every day we have the opportunity for connection. Every day we have the opportunity to listen. And, and as once you said to me, Marion, a child who is listened to once with love and compassion is a lucky child. And I always remember that because I'm like, if, if you as a human have been listened to lovingly in your upset just once in your life, then that is amazing because the majority of the world isn't. And so once is incredible. Five times is incredible. Once a week is incredible. <laughs> like, so as parents, we have to take the pressure off. We have to be kind and compassionate. We're all doing the best we can. But know that, that sometimes we can have these expectations where it's got to look like this or I haven't done it right. But every opportunity healing is possible. And, um, and I, I just I have so seen that and I have lived that and I absolutely stand for that. <sighs> yeah. I also just want to say, to keep it real, there's been so many things I've messed up. <laughs> right? There's been plenty of times even when I started with parenting where I lost it or where I was angry or where all my stuff came up or I'm, I'm now I'm making this sound like it's all just beautiful, but, and, it, and a lot of it has been, but it's also been tricky and challenging and, and it's been uncomfortable and, and I've stuffed up many times and then I've had to learn to go back and repair and, and um, it's, it's messy and wobbly sometimes. And especially when you're starting, it can feel really wobbly. So, so be kind to yourself because, um, you know, we're, we're learning to do something that was not done for us, you know, you, and you, you talk about this so beautifully, Marion, of most of us were never, ever responded to in this way. So this first generation of parenting with this consciousness and awareness, we are undoing a lot of work from the past. We are healing our own stories. And then we were trying to speak a brand new language to our children. And so that's, that's a lot. It's a lot. A humongous endeavor, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So that's my little, I guess, um, what would we call this? Uh, I want to say the word gift, <laughs> which is um, it's never too late. It's never, ever too late. It's never too late for us to do the work. It's, and, and as we've talked about in many of our podcasts, when we lean into doing our own story, that allows us to respond to our own parents or siblings differently. It, it can bring a whole new awareness to our relationships that we're in, let alone what we're doing with our children. So this is not just a we're parenting. This is a we're living on some level, isn't it? Yes, there was almost needs to be a warning on this podcast and on Alita's books and on our book, which really is coming soon. Um, <laughs> is warning, this may, this is likely to, oh, there's a whole load of rainbow lorikeets flying over, <laughs> which is, seems right out. This may lead you to feeling much more deep compassion, not only with your child, but with yourself, your partner, mm. and everyone that you come across. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I guess I would I would finish up by saying if you are new to this and you're feeling like, oh, God, it's too late, that kind of stuff, like the first thing I'd say is never too late. Really see if you need some support around that compassion and forgiveness for yourself for the story or the journey that you've had and get some support when you start. Like it's so vital, isn't it? It is so important to be able to be heard with what comes up for you, to ask questions, to lean into community to to know that 
you're not alone when doing this. Like that is just one of the most important pieces, I think, when we first begin is to get that support. I mean, support's important across the board, but particularly when you're doing something new like this, it is really important to to have people to speak to or to bounce ideas off or to ask questions of because, um, yeah, we all need that. You know, I think it's it's really important. Mm, absolutely, Lyle. And there's so many resources out there already as well. So we, there's a free um, Facebook group. Um, there are so many amazing aware parenting instructors all around the world. So at the moment, you can find those on Aletha's website, which is awareparenting.com. If you're wanting a, a local group in person, if you can actually meet in person where you live, um, you can contact your nearest aware parenting instructor and see if they have a group or whether they're willing to set one up. There's just so many ways. Uh, empathy Buddies, you can connect with an Empathy buddy and come to the free group or um uh carolina an amazing web parenting instructor also has set up a facebook group well, a long time there is a facebook group she set up many years ago if you want to connect with a um uh empty buddy or listening partner so there are so many resources not resources there are so many mm, things in place already mm. to support you on this journey so we're really here to support you and love you and celebrate you on wherever you're at in your journey but particularly if you're beginning and we want to say welcome welcome to the aware parenting family (laughs) (laughs) an amazing Mm. bunch of people (laughs) Mm, yeah it's it's yeah it's beautiful so is there anything you would like to as an offering for people to think about around this you know coming to aware parenting later Oh, I'm just going to say I'm just sending you lots of love and, and I invite you to connect in with how you feel as you've listened to Lael today and is there anything that you'd um, are you noticing any judgments that you have of yourself that you're willing to put that judgment stick down and and be compassionate with yourself or reach out for some loving listening for how you feel when you recall perhaps things that you um, did that you would do differently now I think that is such a vital part of this. Mm, I love that yeah and I would just second to the part of forgiveness and compassion for yourself and and can you set an intention for what you want you know can you set an intention for healing for your for your child for you for whatever ruptures you feel might have been there or whatever's gone on can you can you get clear and set an intention on what what you would like because that's that's a big part of it I'm so willing, in your words, Marion, to heal whatever needs to be healed or I am so willing to have deep connection and uh, with my child and or whatever it looks like for you. But, you know, sometimes that intention is, is a big part of saying yes to it and then opening yourself up to seeing how that unfolds, which often can come in mysterious and bizarre ways, but stay open to it. You know, it's a big part of it. Mm. And before we finish, I just want to say one more thing. I want to say just a big thank you to you, Marion, because, you know, you'd been doing web parenting for, for longer than what I have. And you were my first, like, can someone please help me <laughs> kind of person when I'd, I'd just read the book and I was muddling along with my friend who would talk about it. And so when I reached out to you and you shared your wisdom and knowledge with me and then kind of was like, come on, you should do more. Um, you were such I would have team. never said shit though. Like. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. No, you never would have. Sorry. How would you like to do more? <laughs> 
Um, but you were such a really, you were just such a beautiful, big influence on me in my early years of learning. So I just want to say thank you to you. You know, you did so much of this work way before anybody else. You were just doing it on your own. And, you know, I just, I really acknowledge that in you. So thank you for being such a beautiful guide for me um, all those years ago when I was just, um, you know, just beginning and finding my way. So thank you. Oh, thank you, lovely. I feel touched to tears hearing that. And I want to say, you know, in terms of people listening, like, Look at Lau now. I mean, you're so incredible. So it's just like similar to what I say about your, your beautiful son and how amazing he is now. But just, you know, we can start at any time and become like the most incredible. Like, you know, you're such a, I don't, I don't have words for how amazing I think you are, Lau, and, and what, you, what you give to families and how you are with your own and just like, I, you know, I want to cry. So... Mm you're such an inspiration and thank you for sharing your story because I think for, for parents to see look you you know and you're sharing so honestly about the the kind of the beginning stages of just kind of making up and look at you now like that is to me the <laughs> wondrousness of yeah. of our journey is that we can become just through just just taking step by step and learning yes. we can become so incredibly yes. competent and aware and just incredible yes. so so yes. thank you for really being a testament to that and being a a model for what is possible because you mm. inspire so many people and <laughs> I just want to cry. <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> you know, when you say that, I think about the mama from, you know, me 20 years ago, 22 years ago. I just want to go back and hug her and go, oh, darling. Oh, honey, it's it's hard, isn't it? And I'm here. I just, I just want to give her so much love because there is not one single part of me now that feels judgy of her or guilty or anything. I just feel so much compassion for that young version of Lael who was just like wide-eyed and freaked out and just trying to do the best she could and and I hope that for parents you know who are listening now who perhaps are, are just journeying where you're journeying that you know in years to come you look back and you just you love on the younger parts of yourself because you know they are doing what they can and and thank you for saying those beautiful words Marion I feel so my biggest accomplishment in the world is my beautiful children is doing the work is looking at my own stuff and I feel so blessed that I've been able to take that and help others and then also create you know a school that that brings in those philosophies to kind to try and create some change in our systems and yeah I feel incredibly blessed so it is never too late <laughs> say yes lean in be brave and courageous and um and and ask for help you know I think it's really important Mm. Oh, oh my gosh this is just so lovely I do want to say for, for all the people that are so inspired now and just like we want more Lael what can they do of yours what, what have you got that would be a great oh, next you. thing for people well I have my couples course which um you know which is really I guess I created that because I had a lot of people just say oh I, I get it but my partner isn't on board and and my couples course is really for parents to explore together, but also look at how you're brought up and those imprints and how they affect you and your belief systems and all those kind of things, which just infiltrate into parenting often. And, and it has all those beautiful tools of aware parenting, but also that extra, how do you work as a couple? How do you respond? How do you communicate? All that kind of stuff. So for me, that was one of the most pivotal parts of 
the growth period of this is where parenting is how my husband and I did it you know how we would bring you know he was far more authoritarian I was really permissive like you know we would often clash somewhere in the middle um and it was how we worked through a lot of that it was you know and and with all I guess all the parents I've worked with over the years it's bringing that all together so if you want more support my couples course is good and you know bring some some insight into that so yeah thank thank you darling and Lael's got other courses and offerings on her website as well so I really Mm. invite you to go and have a look at all the wondrousness that is there Mm. thank you lovely Lael that was beautiful that that this this um podcast today came through one of our other beautiful colleagues and friends who just said oh I have parents who are new to it and they feel like it's too late and can you talk about it so thank you Helena for (laughs) prompting us to talk about this and and uh, um, yeah, put it out there to inspire others. So if there's more you would love to hear about with the web and you have questions, we welcome them. So please, you can just message us through our Instagram or Facebook or send us an email. And, um, you know, we love hearing what you want to learn or, or know more about and we will aim to talk about it. Mm. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you and so much love to you. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.